Warning! This podcast is different from other podcasts. These episodes contain dangerous choices, perilous tangents, and unwavering silliness. The choices made on this podcast may lead to success or disaster. But remember, you are responsible because you choose to listen. Good luck. surprised that Taco Bell isn't delivery food and then I try to go home while carrying Taco Bell and I realize immediately why it's not. Why is it not? It does not, in my opinion, travel well. Yeah. It's essentially just a series of liquids, right? Like it's just liquids in varying right. containers. It's, it's liquids with the promise of a crunch wrapped uh-huh. around it. And then if Ugh. it sits for more than like two seconds, it's that's the promise dies. It becomes a soggy thrunch. Ugh. Thrunch. It's not a thirst crunch? Yeah. It's not a squish. It's not a crunch. Like a wet crunch. Squunch? It's a squunch. I was expecting, I mean, I was hoping at the very least for just like a horrible nightmare, such as the uh, Captain Crunch uh, goo balls or whatever they did. Yeah. Those, yeah. Something, <laughs> something overwhelmingly bad. Yeah. yeah. Just like a real nightmare. Uh, yeah. But this, it was just mediocre. It mm. is disappointing. What do they call? What do they call those things? At one point, they were using the adjective "milky" to sell them. Milky balls, right? And there's like no liquid involved. It's goo only. <laughs> Oops, all goo. Oops, all goo. <laughs> Taco Bell's goo. Oops, all goo. <laughs> Just open your mouth, you fucking asshole. Open your mouth, and we're gonna pour this dumb sugar goo in it. You'll buy it, idiot. When we say "oops," guys, we really fucked up this time. It's not just a gimmick. We. This is, we've gone too far. The city won't let us dump it in the river anymore. We are overburdened with goo. All goo must go <laughs> into you. Thanks to a shipping mistake, we have 200 metric tons of goo in every one of our restaurants. John Taco Bell uh, added an extra decimal <laughs> point to how much goo barrels he wanted. And now every store has just gallons of goo. Gotta go. Goo by the gal. You guys want to do a podcast? Let's do a oh, podcast. Yeah. Welcome to Booze Your Own Adventure, a podcast where three grown-ups try and beat a children's game. I'm Ian. I'm Chris. I'm Mark. The Thrunch Master. <laughs> All right. And today, <laughs> we're reading, you guys are reading Choose Your Own Adventure book number 51 today. What's it called? It is called The Magic of the Unicorn by Deborah Lerm Goodman. Now, Ian, you did a shitty scan of this book but the cover artwork looks a lot like when we were drowned by that fuck horse it really does sure except in this case we're being chased by a witch or a tree or both yeah (laughs) yeah or a spider person i really can't tell beware and warning this book is different from other books except all the books we read on this podcast right uh this book is different from other non choose your own adventure books You and you alone, and also uh, Mark, and also Chris, are in charge of what happens in this story. And not you, listener at home. You have no power. No, or me, really. The only water supply for your small forest village has become polluted beyond repair. Ugh, we get it, liberals. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Can you solve the town riddle and find the sorceress? 600 feet east. 
Huh, kind of a straightforward riddle, really. That's <laughs> just a map. Town riddle sounds like a really sick burn. Like, oh, your mom was the town riddle. Yeah, everyone solved her. <laughs> <laughs> she hurt my head. Even if you find her, the sorceress, will she be able to purify the well? Does a unicorn reside in the forest? Unrelated, but, you know, it could be fun to just check out. None of these sentences follow from the previous sentence. They don't. They're all just ideas that made it into the same paragraph. Its horn is said to fix even the worst of ailments, but is it too late to save it? A fire-breathing dragon, angry warlock, and devilish duchess all stand in your path. Take a different path. (laughs) Yeah. That's a lot of people on one path. They'll just fight each other. Uh, you must muster all... Oh, that sounds bad to say out loud. <laughs> must muster. You must... Must muster. I'm Mr. Must muster. Must muster. The musterer of musk. Ugh. You must muster mustard. Musk musterer. <laughs> you must... You must gather about you all of your bravery, <laughs> quick thinking, and creativity to weave a magical route to safety for your village and yourself. Sounds dumb as fuck. I love it. Yeah, it doesn't wish us good luck, but good luck. Well, I don't want your wish. It's useless. Yeah, sorry. Deborah Lerm Goodbig could not be reached for comment. The summer of 1507 is exceptionally dry throughout Flanders. Uh, Fires scorch the forest, crops wither, and animals collapse from thirst. Hilariously. Yeah. (laughs) Nowhere is the drought as severe as in your own small village. Smallville. Yes. (laughs) Small, Small village. village. Uh, it's one of those, uh, like, what if, uh, like, Superman in the 1500s kind right. of books. The sorceress is actually, like, uh, Wonder Woman. Somebody save me, we all got Black Plague. Is that the theme song to Smallville? Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. Oh, man. I watched, like, ten seasons of that garbage show. Damn. I watched a few seasons. For real? Guys, I never saw any of it. I think this was back when, it's not terrible, but this was back when it was like, oh, man, comic books in popular media? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> as opposed to like, oh, you can't fucking trip without yeah. hitting like Thanos's lieutenant's TV show on Netflix. Yeah, you accidentally discover that Great British Baking Show is actually a Marvel comic you didn't know about. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, Paul Hollywood is just another uh, uh, one of the Uatu, the Watcher characters. <laughs> just last week, when you went to check the dwindling water supply, you discovered a dead rat floating in the well upon which everyone depended. Why does everyone depend on this rat? Yeah, probably the well, right? <laughs> that rat's dead as hell. He's not going to help anybody. Mr. Whiskers! <laughs> no. He was our mayor. He was the best of us. Since then, the water has been foul and tainted. The rat was the only thing keeping it clean. I don't think that's what they mean. <laughs> One morning, after weeding the field you inherited when your parents died ten years ago... Exposition. You pay a visit to Marie Claire. That is Marie hyphen Claire. She is the oldest person in the village and one of your special friends. Oh, good. Let's find out what that means. <laughs> uh, Marie Claire looks dope. She looks dope. She looks like a statue of an old lady. 100% babushka. <laughs> yes. Some people say this might be the last summer any of us lives to see, you tell her sadly. And it's hopeless to keep trying to dig a new well. I wish there was something I could do about it. Marie Claire looks up from her knitting. You could try to lure a unicorn to the well. Why, the touch of its horn purifies even poison. Okay, Marie Claire, if you don't have anything fucking useful to say, it's a very serious situation, and I'm just trying to talk to you about it. Let's assume, Fuck off. Let's assume for one 
fucking second that this stupid <laughs> unicorn exists and would purify the poison. We're still out of water, you goddamn carved trunk of a person. Are we out of water? We're not out of water. Having only poisoned water means you're practically speaking out of water. Yeah, for all intents and purposes, <laughs> poisoned water is not water. <laughs> well, maybe if it's not contact poison, I guess you could shower in it. But I wouldn't advise it. Yeah, don't take that chance because you're going to want it's going to get in your mouth. It's going to get in your mouth, guaranteed. Is that a thing that happens to you guys? Drink shower water? Yeah, yeah all the time. How do you wash your teeth? Not in the shower. <laughs> Look at this motherfucker washing his teeth out in the shower. Okay. You guys just open your mouth up and like rub a rag across your teeth and that's a part of your routine? What? Next thing you're going to say you like wash your face in the second toilet. <laughs> the tall toilet, you know? <laughs> what's the tall? What's, Chris, what's the tall toilet? <laughs> well, you got the short toilet, right? And yeah, you've yeah, got yeah. The, tall, the one that flushes. Right, the, tall, the one that flushes. And then you've got the tall toilet that doesn't flush. The one with the faucet, yeah. <laughs> Oh, you mean the peeing toilet? Yeah, the peeing toilet, because it doesn't flush. Yeah. It, it's it's a, the, uh, your private urinal. Yeah, that's just a bidet. It's like an upside-down bidet. <laughs> <laughs> How do you get your ass back there? <laughs> I, I, I work out. I'm limber. I've got to get, mus- get muscles. That's what I got thigh muscles, so I can purchase like a gargoyle and wash my asshole in the sink like everybody else. No, so, uh, sink? I don't know what that word is. Yeah, you mean the tall toilet. But Marie Claire... You exclaim, forgetting what your voice was from two nights ago. <laughs> Around here, unicorns are rarer than water. I, I bet it would be easier to find the sorceress than a unicorn. Hey, you know where unicorns are rarer than water? Fucking mm. everywhere. Yeah. Literally every world. place. Well, yeah. you know, you wait a couple days and maybe the water unicorn situation is going to turn around on you, right? Everybody will be dead? Is that what you mean? The problem will solve itself? Well, the, the water will be gone. Uh, so the ratio changes in your favor. And then, because unicorns eat corpses, their population mm-hmm. will explode. Right. <laughs> and then the government is going to reopen hunting season on unicorns because there's too many of them. I'm sure the sorceress knows all about unicorns. Why don't you look for her? No one's seen her in years. You remind Marie Claire. With a third voice. With <laughs> the, uh, the last person who tried to find her never returned. I wish you'd stop doing all these strange voices at me. <laughs> oh, guys, I don't remember what I did. I think you just changed our <sighs> voice into Marie Claire's voice. It might be. <laughs> uh, that... you, you always mock me when you come over. <laughs> <laughs> our character is a voice empath is what the problem is. Uh, I'm sure that won't be confusing as we go on. <laughs> ah, but you are ten times smarter than anyone who has ever searched for the sorceress. If anyone can find her, it is you. Although you feel flattered, you are not sure you are really clever enough. Same. <laughs> I, want, I wonder if I still remember that riddle describing the way to the sorceress. Is this right? Near a land reserved for woe in a place that's high but low. Watch which way the bat doth go. <laughs> Find me there and I will know. Should we try to unpack this riddle? Yeah. A land reserved for woe. That's a graveyard, right? Yeah. Uh, could be a dentist office. <laughs> DMV. Yeah. Uh, could be anywhere near Keanu Reeves in the 1980s. Yeah. A place that's high but low. But that one's a head scratcher. Yeah. Somewhere that's known for drugs and also is like kind of a shitty place. A really tall tree and a really deep valley. Mm, okay. 
oh, what about, well, a tree that's in a well? Or like a, a church steeple in a valley? Yeah. Or a church steeple in a well? A space station in a well. Yeah, it could be because it's supposed to be high, but it's actually in a well, which is very low. Marie Claire is just listening to this girl talk about Dr. Dr. Herself. Like, what if it's like a well, but like a space station? It's just like, well, we're all going to fucking die, I guess. We'll we'll, we'll all be dead soon. Watch which way the bat doth go. You got to be going into a cave or something, right? Yeah. Oh, wait, you know what? I bet there's like a a weather vane or something that's a bat shaped, some bullshit Mm. like that. Okay. Keep our eyes peeled for a bat-shaped weather vane. Also, possibly entrance to a bat cave. You say goodbye to Marie Claire, then roam the parched fields. Like the beginning of Diablo (laughs) 2. After pondering the riddle, you think of two places reserved for woe. The sorceress could mean the village graveyard. Or the small camp outside the village where two men who suffer from leprosy (laughs) live in gloomy isolation. What? Oh, no. <laughs> Guys, it's so clearly that one. A, a, a graveyard is not a place for woe, right? It's like a, it's like a resting place. It's peaceful. It's, uh, like, it's for memorial and remembrance. I, I feel like graveyard is correct, but like, how can I turn down? That is such, it's such a juicy. Visiting a leper camp. Yeah. Choice, right? Yeah. Oh, I feel dirty picking it, but also, God. We... I mean, I'm sure they feel dirty picking at their skin, right? Yeah, they, yeah, they just peel off in strips. Uh, so we doing leper colony? We're doing leprechaun in Italy. Leprechaun Italy. Leprechaun Italy. Leprechaun Italy in Dark City. Hubba hubba. <laughs> That's such a specific reference. <laughs> Leprechaun Italy uh, was in uh, that really sad drug movie. Train spotting. <laughs> that other really sad drug movie. Yeah, the really sad American drug movie that came out around <laughs> the same time, anyways. Traffic. Yeah. <laughs> Traffic wasn't sad. That was like a that was like a, a real life uh, uh, Scarface. I legitimately don't know what movie you're talking about. Scarface? Maybe it was no. Scarface. That Martin Lawrence's Blue Steel. Nope, Blue Streak. Uh, no, just Shaquille O'Neal in Steel, uh, the movie where he plays John Henry Irons, the Ersatz Superman. I've seen Blue Streak like a thousand times, and I don't know why. Is that the one with Tim Robbins, and he like tries to steal his car? Oh no, that's the other one. Uh, Blue Streak is the one where he's a, a diamond thief, and he hides the diamonds in a police station. Uh, and then he has to pretend to be a cop. Requiem for a dream. Requiem for a dream. Oh, yeah. Were we actually... Oh, I thought we were just doing a bit. All right. Leopard Connolly. No, I was trying to figure out <laughs> the name of that movie. Oh, yeah, no. It's definitely Requiem for a dream. Were, Chris, were you doing a bit or were you reading the IMDb for Blue Streak to try and get us <laughs> on your side about this movie we're never going to watch? Oh, no. we don't have TBS anymore. I, IMDb, that, that came all from my brain. <laughs> To be honest, that sounds like a pretty good premise for a movie. I would watch it. We, one day we should have a podcast that's like, we set a strict time limit of, I want to say like seven minutes. To get to the first choice? <laughs> well, I think we could do a different direction where we have seven minutes to, for Chris to try and convince us to watch Blue Streak. <laughs> it's just like every week, every week he takes a different approach to trying to convince us to watch Blue Streak. I'll give you a hundred dollars. I don't know. That's not, no, that's not nearly enough. All right. So you guys know that uh, there's a lot of stuff going on at the border right now, right? Yeah, we can. This is kind of wild. They visit the border in Blue Streak. Hmm? Hmm? It's actually very prescient. It, uh, it still has relevancy today. <laughs> yeah. Lepra Connolly. Fucking. Okay. okay. You turn down the path to the shabby hut where the two leprosy victims live. No, but we wanted that path. <laughs> well, too bad you turn it down. <laughs> you shut it down. 
When you first glimpse the two swollen faces peering out the doorway, you panic, then force yourself to continue toward them. Welcome, friend. Please come inside, says one of the men warmly. Thanks, but I'll stay outside, you reply. Holding up a crucifix. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Shielding her eyes. Uh, I'm looking for the sorceress. The riddle says she lives near a place of woe, and I thought that might be your home. (laughs) So fucking rude. (laughs) What a dick. Jeez. Since no one will have anything to do with us, this is indeed a woeful place, says the second man. But I don't think it's the one your riddle describes. We have never seen the sorceress. I think she must be afraid of catching our disease. I mean, think about it. The riddle's 200 years old. How old do you think we are? (laughs) That actually did occur to me when we were doing this choice, but I really wanted to have this scene. (laughs) Is leprosy that bad? You ask. (laughs) Like an asshole? (laughs) No says the first man. But the way people treat us is horrible. In fact, you'd better hurry back. If anyone sees you here, they won't let you return home. You say goodbye to the men and head toward home. As you reach the road to the village, you meet several of your neighbors. Their faces whiten. Their eyes dart back and forth between you and the men with leprosy, who are still standing by their doorway. What? I don't know. I thought they were like on the outskirts of town. It sounds like they're like 10 feet away from the main road. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. As you start to follow them, the villagers gather stones. Leper! Leper! They scream, throwing rocks at you. Boy, we fucked up. Yes, I... uh, Oh, boy. Slowly, you realize you can't go home, but cling to the hope that their panic will subside in a few days, especially if you find a way to purify the well. Or infect all of them with leprosy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they're not going to let you near the well. You have a leprosy. You decide to concentrate on finding a unicorn. So they made that decision for us, and we memorized that fucking riddle for absolutely nothing. <laughs> Told you guys we should pick the graveyard. We have memorized so many riddles in this podcast, and we utilize so few of them. Look, if we find the Statue of Liberty out in this forest, we're going to know what iron plate to peel off of it, okay? Yeah. You turn away from your village and walk along the road toward the forest, hoping to find a unicorn there, or at least somebody who doesn't know that you have talked to lepers. Before long, you hear a cart approaching. The driver is Simon, a traveling peddler you've always liked. You wave to him and ask, Where are you going? I'm going to try my luck with the city of Eris. At least people will be trading there. Uh, And and I'll be able to drink water and not fucking die like you guys. Bye. (laughs) Want to join me? I wouldn't mind some company for such a long trip. Eris, you've never been to that city before, and you're looking for a unicorn. It's an urban unicorn. Although you would love to go, you suspect unicorns are more likely to live in the forest, but maybe you could meet someone in Eris who could tell you how to find a unicorn. I really like the idea of just picking the dumbest option possible, like, in a place of, whoa, huh, do you think they mean the graveyard or this house with two lepers? House with two lepers! (laughs) Like, we gotta find this unicorn. Well, I'm going to the city. Hmm. That is an interesting option to, like, lean into how hard can we fail a book. Right? I, I think we should go to the city just because, like, we don't have anybody else to go to. Yeah, we're going to need a new beginning. We can get there before the, uh, like, weekly leprosy update letter reaches <laughs> them. <laughs> and by then it'll be too late. For three days, while you ride through the forest on your way to Eris, you keep your eyes open for any sign of the unicorn. Your first mistake, as unicorns have a technology that allows them to become invisible. 
like the Predator. When you reach the outskirts of the city, you tell Simon about your search for a unicorn. What were you talking about the previous three days? <laughs> yeah, catching up, chit-chat. Leprosy. How about this weather, huh? Yeah, another scorcher. It's a good thing you mentioned this, he says. I happen to know that the Duchess of Eris has a unicorn horn. What, possesses one or... <laughs> well, well, she keeps it on hand in case someone tries to poison her wine. Damn, it grows out of her hand? Yeah, that's pretty weird. I've heard she dips the horn in her goblet before she takes a sip. Maybe the Duchess will lend you her unicorn horn. You know, the Duchess that's so fucking paranoid about having a drink of wine that she got to <laughs> dip a horn in it. I'm sure she's cool with letting a stranger with leprosy take it back to a city she doesn't give a fuck about. Where were they with the clean water? Anyway, I've lost money on every single one of my tra trader trips because I'm just a fucking idiot. I'm a font of bad ideas. <laughs> that's a good idea, you answer. <laughs> He stops crying. <laughs> <laughs> I've also heard there's a tapestry weaver in Eris who Jesus. knows a lot about unicorn magic. He might be willing to help you. So we are doing this thing where we just like gleefully run the opposite direction from the plot, right? Well, neither of these are away from the plot, but one of them is a lot less likely to work, I think. Yeah. And that's, that's the one where we talk to the Duchess. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Yeah, let's, let's, visit a, let's visit a Duchess. Fuck yeah. Is this the first Duchess we're visiting? Maybe. I think it is. The first duchess of our whole podcast. Wow. Yeah. This is big. Yeah. That's an important milestone. Do you know how long it took the McElroys to get to a duchess? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, don't tell me. Still hasn't had a duchess. Uh, Mark Marion did open his show by interviewing a duchess. That's true. Mm -hmm. and, and of course, there's Fergie's podcast. Let's see if the duchess will let me borrow her unicorn horn, you tell Simon. Besides, I'm curious. I've never met royalty. And they just let lepers in. <laughs> you are still marveling at the strange sights and sounds when the cart stops in front of the most enormous building you have ever seen. You count four stories. With 28 endings each. Simon helps you out of the cart. You march over to a guard standing solemnly by the front door and say, I'd like to see the Duchess. The guard, deciding not to do his job, lets you in. <laughs> right, yeah. You've never seen a guard before either, though. So it's all, it's all brand new. It's actually a pheasant. <laughs> uh, Simon gently guides you away from the statue of a little boy. <laughs> not, this is not a guard. He eyes your coarse clothing disdainfully and answers, The Duchess is away. The guard points to a stone bench several yards from the door. You may wait there. After Simon rides away, you spend a few hours exploring the neighborhood. At dusk, you return to the Duchess's house and curl up on the hard bench for the evening. The next morning, you awaken in a gloomy mood. You did not sleep well, and the rumbling of your stomach reminds you there is nothing for breakfast. What a terrible hotel. <laughs> Zero stars. Just then, an approaching procession of overflowing carts and grand carriages drawn by well-groomed horses catches your attention. Servants unload cart after cart, carrying heavy wooden chests, bolts of brocade cloth, and, your heart skips a beat, a long shimmering horn that is almost as tall as you are. It could only be a unicorn horn. Guys, until this moment, I actually, on some level, subconsciously bought into the joke that the unicorn just protruded from her hand. <laughs> like she was a Polgara demon, and I'm only now realizing that was a bit. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that's a Buffy bit. It's also kind of sad that the horn is so fucking huge. How does she dip that in wine? 
I mean, from high above the wine glass, I guess. Yeah. So she has to like set the wine glass on the ground, <laughs> dip the horn into it. Well, first she has to climb the stairs up to the second level balcony uh-huh. where her horn is kind of like harnessed from the ceiling. And right. then she just kind of like maneuvers it over. Like a spotlight. Yeah. And just like dunks it in. Uh-huh. And then by then she's knocked over her wine. She's thirsty. She's angry. You wait until the two guards are distracted in conversation, then slip into the crowd of servants and carry one of the many chests into the house. Passing one chamber, you glimpse the Duchess inside. That's gross. <laughs> I'd say the Duchess's insides. Yeah. Oh, she's in one of the chambers, sipping wine. Bowing deeply to the Duchess, you say, Please excuse my boldness, but I've traveled a long way to ask this favor. Get out of here! <laughs> the Duchess snaps at you. Boldness not forgiven. Please hear me out, you say. I just wish to borrow your unicorn horn. My village needs your help. I just want to borrow the most valuable thing you own. Yes, I am a stranger. Yes, I have leprosy. (laughs) The Duchess looks at you coldly. That is not my concern. I promise I'll return it, you insist. Do you pinky promise? (laughs) (laughs) Please leave, or I shall call my guards to escort you. As you trudge through the corridors, not leaving, I guess, uh, that's the dangers of having a big house. Once you let somebody into it, there's no way to tell that they've ever fucking left. It's true. You never, never yeah. can sleep at peace again. That's why you gotta have guards. Then you notice a door inscribed with a golden sun. What could be behind such a magnificent door? You wonder. Not a unicorn horn, because we know where that is, so we who cares? Know. Yeah. Could it be a whole unicorn? Is she just keeping unicorns to harvest their horns? Oh, Okay. How quickly do they regrow? I like fingernails. (laughs) The room is filled with shelf after shelf of neatly labeled flasks and urns. Squinting your eyes, you see the vessels contain strange powders and wonder if any of the powders can purify water. Because at this point, you're fucking, you're out of options. (laughs) I'll take anything. You got a powder? I'll put it in the water. And you know what? Even if the powder kills everybody instantly, it's a more sort of like uh, uh, humane way to go. Hmm. Part of you wants to go inside to investigate. The lower part, the part with your legs. But another part of you thinks you should concentrate on getting the unicorn horn. That's the upper part. It's where your brain lives. You're torn between (laughs) physical movement and mental thinking. So do you decide to follow your legs and go inside or follow your brains and steal the unicorn's horn? I don't even know what the dumber answer is here. Either. I don't know either. You you seem to have pretty strong opinions on it, brains versus legs. Well, I'm just trying to state the facts. I don't know how else you could be split. Maybe left hand, right hand side, and then you get a little bit of brain, a little bit of leg. It's left brain, right brain. One of them is the logical thing, and the other mm-hmm. thing just feels artistically correct. Yeah. I mean, like, it's trying to get those paints in that sun door closet. You got to get those paints. It's just paints. Chris has made up his mind that it's just paints. We don't need to get the paints. <laughs> yeah, it says, they're, it says they're neatly labeled, but we have not read the labels. Right. right we can't read. Uh, I definitely want to go into that closet uh, all on team paints myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a bunch of, of like... Desiccate like like tints like uh like old school. Oh, cerulean, that's fun. Ooh, salt. <laughs> I'll put this huh. in the water. That'll save us. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So I guess we're looking at the tinctures. Inside the room, you find an old man heating a piece of wire over a candle. That's that warlock. Yeah. What? Hopefully, God, what hope drug so. thing is that? He's just like sterilizing a needle, right? I think so. When he sees you, he nods pleasantly, lethargically. Uh, his eyes don't ever really meet your gaze. The story glazed over and he stares up at the yeah. ceiling. 
You see a half-written letter. It begins with, uh, to Ernestine, my love. Uh, and then it just sort of trails off. He is in the throes of an opium fugue. He tells you his name is Marcel. Like all alchemists, I'm supposed to be finding a way to create gold. The trouble is I seem to be creating everything but gold and telling all my secrets to children who come into my weird cupboard. He shows you a silvery spoon full of a tar-like substance. Vincent Vega waits in the background. (laughs) (laughs) This makes ordinary soup taste like nectar. And look at this ring. If you wear it on your finger, it will keep your whole hand warm. And look, this tiny little, this this little vial of liquid injected into your vein will make you feel (laughs) as though all the troubles in the world have just fallen off of your shoulders. (laughs) And this two feet of tubing will stop the blood flow just long enough to get there. (laughs) It comes from a flower. Who would have thought a simple flower? Have you ever created a metal that can purify water? You ask inexplicably, like, that's how metal works? <laughs> no, but I've created a metal that shoots radiation everywhere. I've created yeah. a lot of it, actually. Yeah. I, I, need, I need somewhere deep and wet to bury it. You have a disused well, you say? Can't say I have, Marcel replies. But it shouldn't be hard to make a... Water cleaning metal. Yes, it should. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make sense, guys. This is bad science. This is really weird. Let's work on that idea right away. What a helpful guy. What a helpful guy. He has nothing else going on. He hates his fucking duchess and her demands that strangers get out of her house. What a bitch. Unknown to the duchess, you become Marcel's apprentice. While he tries to invent a metal to clean your well, you learn to create horseshoes that silence hoofbeats and scissors that sing. Useless. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Marcel says you show great promise as an alchemist. So by, Mar- by October, Marcel still hasn't invented a metal to purify water. Each night you tell yourself you'll go home the next day, but the next day always brings such intriguing problems. Like, how do I get out of this cupboard I've been locked in? Essentially, prisoner. And how do I ignore the screams of my uh, family members just echoing in my head? Yeah, how do I shake this opioid addiction? <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> You dread finding what has become of your village. Yeah. It's a shriveled husk. They've all just left. If you can just leave, don't stay there and die. Just fucking leave. They can't leave. Simon had the only good horses. The other ones are also dying of dehydration. <laughs> and there's no way out of that village. There's leper colonies at the end of every bridge. <laughs> <laughs> they've, they've walled themselves in. You end up spending the rest of your life as an alchemist. They don't tell us how long we live, but we spend the rest of it as an alchemist. <laughs> it's not very long. Three months? Yeah. But you never find a way to purify water, and you never succeed in creating gold. The end. Hmm. So are we doing another ending? Yeah, let's do another ending. That one was kind of dissatisfying. I, well, yeah. I think let's go all the way back to the beginning and just go to the fucking graveyard. Yeah, let's go to the okay. fucking graveyard. What were we thinking? See if we can make that riddle work for us. We, one of these times, we have got to solve a riddle, right? Like, just, there's only two choices each time, statistically speaking. Page 12. As you watch parched leaves float to the dusty ground, you consider the next line of the riddle. In a place that's high but low. What can be both high and low? Somebody who spent their last dollars on, uh, on some black tar heroin. <laughs> <laughs> Looking around, you notice the rolling slopes of the hills along the far side of the graveyard. They seem to be both high and low. Do you think... Just sort of like making it work for you, just not not looking hard, just like fucking pretending. I can rationalize anything. But then the church bell rings, striking noon. 
Turning, you realize the steeple of the church also fits the riddle. We literally made this joke. We really did, guys. <laughs> we should have gone with this one because we would have. We're fucking cartographers. The yeah. church itself is in a low valley. This is literally the yep. dumbest Nailed joke it. we could make. But Sixteen the steeple towers high above the village. Yeah, sixteen. Are we to sixteen? Of course, right. When you go inside the church, Brother Michael looks up from the candelabrum he is polishing. He pulls his pants back up. (laughs) You explain your interpretation of the riddle, just the riddle, the riddle that fucking Streganona told you that we're supposed to just think everybody knows. Brother Michael strokes his chin. I, I don't believe anyone has ever considered the graveyard or steeple when figuring out that riddle. So you may be on the right track. Ian, I'm starting to enjoy... The, like, reuse of voices across your readings, because... I've got, like, three. Brother Michael is definitely, like, the same, like, Inuit guy that we met in the polar bear. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's also the uh, unnamed fairy, the unnamed fear bulb that we meet in the uh, uh, princess. Yeah. It's also Dr. Girlfriend, so I'm not that original with him. Have you ever seen bats here? Plenty. He, ex- he exclaims, at night they fly around the steeple. I've heard them down in the cellar too, although I never actually go there. There's a crawl space, but it's too small to be very useful, says Brother Michael, uh, sort of rotundly. Not only that, it's so infested with spiders that no one dares set foot in it. It would be a clever place for the sorceress to hide. In a spider tunnel? A cramped yeah. spider tunnel? That'd be a clever place? Mm, mm, mm. You're a fucking sorceress. Make yourself a magic palace. She has. She's made it inside of the cramped spider tunnel. So you're saying it's an extra dimensional space in the spider tunnel. Mm-hmm. It, she just has a doorway in the cramped spider tunnel. It's actually just an illusion spell. That's cool. Like, no, you, you have a really shitty apartment and you cast some illusion magic to make it look like a really dope apartment and mm-hmm. you live blissfully in denial. Yeah, but you get bit by so many spiders. How do you justify being <laughs> bit by so many spiders? You're being kissed by uh, French bulldogs. This is spicy furniture. <laughs> spicy furniture. <laughs> you are tempted to investigate the cellar, even though you don't like the idea of running into a web full of spiders. You also remind yourself that the riddle mentions a place that's high but low, and the cellar doesn't fit that description as well as the steeple does. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Yeah. Guys, which one should we do? The one with definitely spiders or the one with maybe spiders? I don't know. I mean, on the one hand, we were talking about always doing the wrong thing. On the other hand, we followed that to its conclusion, and it wasn't all that satisfying. Yeah. I mean, we got a good job. Um, I think we should go to the steeple. Yeah, let's go to the I'm steeple. I'm also feeling the steeple. You help me climb up the steeple? You ask Brother Michael. I'll hoist you onto the rafter, but after that, you're on your own, he says, <laughs> eyeing himself rotundly. <laughs> yeah. I'm afraid to climb that high. Sure, it's fear, Brother Michael. I'm sure it's fear and not physical inability. It's just fear. You rationalize it. You say to yourself, if I stay this weight, I never have to climb anything again. And I understand that fear. Did I tell you that I'm not really going to deny that I'm a leper? Because I like it when people leave me alone. Brother Michael lifts you over his head and up toward the rafter. You grab the beam. After a few seconds of scrambling, you right yourself safely on the rafter. You look around. See that rope dangling from the church bell? Would you please... Could you tie a noose onto it? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to see if I'm high up enough for my head to just pop clean off like a champagne cord. (laughs) Geronimo! (laughs) The the book said I could always turn back. Brother Michael screams, no! (laughs) He's just weeping over the headless corpse of a child. (laughs) In a church! Okay. Uh, Would you please move it closer so I can grab a hold of it and climb all the way to the top of the steeple? 
he takes hold of the bottom of the rope and carries it toward you. I can't bring it any closer, he says. Rotundly. <laughs> Rota eyeing himself. He's just out of breath. Yeah. <laughs> the, the floor is flat. He was just walking across it, yeah. but he got, he got winded. Eight steps is my limit. Do you have any Gatorade? <laughs> I, could, I could bring it closer if I had some Gatorade. I gotta hydrate. Gotta, gotta get my electrolytes up. Listen, Doc says I'm no good for the sugar, but I can't taste that. I can't stand that fake stuff. I'll have to leap. Let's hope I can grab that rope. You tell him with more confidence than you actually feel. Here goes. Probably the end of the book. Can't wait. <laughs> oh, no, we got it. Nice. You hurl your body toward the rope and miraculously manage to grab it tightly. You sway from side to side. The clanging of the bell is almost deafening. Oh, no, wails brother Michael rotundly. Now the whole village will come running to find out why the bell is ringing. Just wait till they see I've allowed you to climb all over the church. Filthy fucking leopard. You pay no attention. They're going to burn this place down when they discover a <laughs> leper has been ringing the bell. Yeah, uh, this is actually the inspiration for Quasimodo. <laughs> you pay no attention. A trap door by the base of the bell has swung open, releasing a frightened bat. Flutters anxiously around you, then swoops out the window below. What's behind that door up there? You ask Brother Michael. It's full of uh, unicorns. Yeah, it's yeah, living unicorns. Also a staircase. Uh, you could have just... Uh, I had no idea it was there, he replies. <laughs> but the next line of the riddle, watch which way the bat doth go, springs to your mind. You think you should probably follow the bat out the window. Oh, God. Oh my We're God. just going to die. I like how this book is just like... You could follow the riddle like an asshole, or you could fuck off to do something else. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, here's what the book's about. If you insist on making decisions, I will kill you for it. And if you begin climbing down to follow the bat. Okay, that's good. If you begin climbing down to follow the bat, turn to page 51. If you can't wait a minute longer to find out what's behind a trap door, turn to page 73. Um, I'm on, let's just do the main quest right now. Yeah. So I'd say 51. Yeah. Could you tell me where that bat went? You ask Brother Michael as you climb down. He dashes out and hurries back. It's sitting on the ledge outside that window. It's written a big sign that says unicorn that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Taking a deep breath, you step through the window onto the narrow wooden ledge. The sun-scorched wood feels hot on your bare feet. You flatten your back against the building and try to control the dizziness. I thought we were climbing down. I was promised to climb down. We're just going to fucking jump? This is a... Mm, yeah. <laughs> we're doing a bad move. We're not. We haven't drank clean water in weeks. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> as far as we're concerned, this church is just an MC Escher nightmare. <laughs> the bat cocks its head at you expectantly, bat then cocks. flutters along the edge. <laughs> <laughs> they bat to, cocks they, do, they do have external genitalia, right? I don't know. Like as mammals, as mammals, there it is. It took us an hour and a half to find the dick joke, but there it is. <laughs> we bat always cocks. make it there. <laughs> it was, it was uh, destined You squeeze your eyes shut Conscious only of the blood pounding in your ears And the bat cock And the blood pounding in the bat cock You finally force yourself to open your eyes The bat is still waiting uh, Sort of gesturing at his cock uh, With his claw hand Waiting As you edge toward it With an enormous uh, <laughs> Oh god Yeah I'm sorry As the bat edges toward it You uh -huh. creep toward the edge an enormous splinter pierces your foot. Did we take our shoes off at some point? What the fuck? It's a really big splinter. Yeah. You scream with horror as you plummet to the ground. Ugh. 
when you regain consciousness, uh, Max von Sydow is talking you to you from a tree, um, and now you can see into the future uh, and the past. The dragons are coming. Yeah, what dragons? Uh, is it Game of Thrones thing? I've Skyrim. been out of a tower. It's oh. Skyrim. Is it Skyrim? Yeah, he was. The, he was the guy in Skyrim. Wasn't he also the Three Eyed Raven? He was also the yeah. Three Eyed Raven. Yeah. Okay. Wait, so Ian, you were doing a Game of Thrones, and then Chris interpreted it as also valid Skyrim reference. <laughs> yeah. A lot of crossover. That's the only way for that game to stay. Or that for the, sorry, the game will be relevant forever. The the TV show has already lost its sort of prime place. It's pretty impressive that like in only four hours of television, they managed to take like a cultural tour de force and just make everyone just be like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess it was a waste of time after all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> everyone who refused to watch it was right. No way they can stick the landing. They said six years ago. Six years <laughs> later, they were right. Yeah. It's not unreasonable to have expected such a fucking expensive and long-lived show to have a good ending. I think people are generally uh, pretty positive on Breaking Bad. Be- were you going to say Becker? Becker, yeah. That, man. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember how Becker ended. That tight plot in Becker. <laughs> <laughs> I think just barely edged out by wings. Yeah. <laughs> uh, isn't Becker just a prequel to The Good Place? Oh, was that Ted Dance? I know nothing about Becker. All, all I know is that it's a show that my white friend's dad used to watch. <laughs> and also, most of my friends were white, so I don't know why I called Matt out like that. Matt, my whitest friend. <laughs> the whitest kid I know. There you go. His favorite movie is Powder. <laughs> when you regain consciousness, a crowd of villagers is gathered around you. You're alive! Thank heaven! Cries Marie Claire. Yes, but you've broken both your legs, says <laughs> Brother Michael. You know your search for the sorceress is over. The end. You don't need that fucking attitude, Brother Michael. I just thought you should know before you try to put any weight on him. Go they to hell. Turbo, Go to hell. I'm fucked. standing up. There's, don't, don't do it. There's bones sticking out of your fucking skin. One year, my band recorded a Christmas song, which was uh, Silent Night, but we changed it to like Silent Night with a K, where he had to like steal his voice back from a voice-stealing dragon, and then he did... And then he started singing about it because he got his voice back. So the dragon woke up and broke both of his legs. And that's how that ties in. Huh. Uh-huh. And there's this uh, like line where it goes like, He broke both of my legs. All right, so Matt's not the whitest friend I have, I guess. Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> If you start writing high fantasy lyrics to an old <laughs> European Christmas carol, you, you might, might be white. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> uh, I was just going to talk to you guys Ron about white? my favorite brand of milk, but I guess Mark really, really sort of took the cake on it. Yeah, come at me, white folks. <laughs> There's no good way out of this book. Do we ever help the people who we swore to help? It was like, we have to do the riddle to find the sorceress, to find the unicorn, to get its horn, to get the water. Like, there was no way we were going to end this within the scope of this book. Yeah, this is just, this is designed to just eat our quarters, you know? (laughs) I think the takeaway here is just never trust a riddle. Ah, new BYOA wisdom. Chris, are you saying, like, actively go against the riddle, or just, like, would we better, be better off, like, ignoring the riddle? Yeah, no, like, anytime someone's just like, oh, well, if, if you lift with your hands, you'll find a pair of pants. It's like, oh, cool, where'd that information come from? Like, someone who's fucking dead as shit? Great, thanks. Hey, great rhyme, by the way. <laughs> it's a close one. It would work for one of these riddles. 
1507 in Flanders, and no one has found a pair of pants. William Blake just rhymed I with symmetry, and no one called him out on it. Yeah. I'm not going to fucking call him out. He, 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 that dude lit a tiger on fire, man. Yeah. Have you seen his engravings of the back of the devil? He's a very spooky man. <laughs> I don't want to fuck with William Blake. That's fair. It, you, you, and you know, when he was reading it out loud, he just like made eye contact with you as he was just rhyming <laughs> I with symmetry. Just like, yeah. say some fucking shit. Say it. E-contact. E-contact. <laughs> Did you mean e-contact, William Blake? No, I mean I. Uh, I, was, I was just playing around. I know. And then he stabs you. With his burned tiger. His burned, his burned, oh, right, 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 right. It's burning bright in the forest. Right. Of the night? Mm-hmm. I don't understand that line. The forest of the night. It's that song from Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, good, you're finally awake. (laughs) (laughs) You should have acted. (laughs) Hey, if you like Booze Your Own Adventure, why not tell a bud, a pal? Uh, Why not tell your friends at work or your cool aunt? Do you think cool ants know about Star Fox? I mean, they're cool, but are they that cool? <laughs> hey, uh, if you like Star Fox, maybe tell a friend about Star Fox. <laughs> hey, if you, uh, if you like Booze Your Own Adventure, uh, even a little bit, why not turn to your neighbor and tell them about Star Fox? <laughs> if, you like our, if you like Booze Your Own Adventure, why not pretend to be Star Wolf anytime anybody wants something from you at work? <laughs> Could you uh, get that TPS report to me? I can't let you do that, Brad. (laughs) You're fired. What the heck? Mid-level management has ordered ordered us to take you down. (laughs) Peppy, long time since that (laughs) softball game. Your old manager squealed real good. (laughs) Annoying temp. Um, you, any, oh man, anytime you're like running a new piece of software, you could just have Slippy be like, how's that new code going? You know, like when you're, but, and, but you really hate it because it's, you hate the Landmaster. Right. You hate the Blue Marine. Yeah, yeah it's, I, I, I picked up Star Fox 64, not the Road Fox 64 or Train Fox 64. <laughs> train Fox? I would play Train Fox 64, actually. It's a, it's a, it's a Sherlock Holmes uh, like reskin where he where he, Sherlock Holmes is oh, it's like murder Fox. on the Orient Express but it's like it's murder on the Orient Express but the Orient Express is uh, trying to pull into Macbeth the train supply station it's all like anthropomorphic animals like Disney style right so it's like the great yeah. fox detective uh, your dad has disappeared and you have to figure out who on the train did it and one of the people is a giant brain with two hands <laughs> They do that. They do that slow pan over all the people, and it's like cat and build a bulldog, and there's the caiman, and there's like a little frogman, and then just Andros in his true form with like laser tentacles, and then and then Peppy, and then Pigma. <laughs> oh my god! I bought Star Fox, not Train Fox. That is the best. It's so good. Well, we finally got those T-shirts. <laughs> there's no level where you drive a train. <laughs> <laughs> Untrue, untrue. You have to hit the switches and then you make the train go into the the big uh, the guns factory. Yeah, no, yeah, you do a bad drive. You did you did the train bad. You drove it bad. Times. Look, most people think that you have to be inside something to drive it. They're wrong. 
<laughs> if you shoot at the road enough. Yeah. <laughs> if you liked this show, please subscribe to this show. And tell your friends about the show. Yeah. Or maybe even uh, leave a review of the show, like on iTunes. Leave a review and we'll write you into our Star Fox Choose Your Own Adventure. <laughs> oh my god, that's exactly what we should write. It really is, a, right? It 100% is, and it takes place between the end of the first Star Fox and the beginning of Star Fox 64. Ooh. And it's, it's Fox McCloud tr- in training. I think it's just Star Fox 64... Uh, like decision trees as a CYA book. Like, if you try to fly through all the rings on Corneria, turn to page 82. If you yeah. try to pull if towards you... the waterfall, but you didn't fly through the rings, even though you know that there's a boss behind there, but the game won't let you go there, eat this fucking book. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Booze Your Own Adventure. I'm Ian. Yeah, I'm Bigma. I'm Mark. Uh, and if you like Chris's Star Fox impressions, they're not good. Subscribe to the show. <laughs> stop. Just stop. Quench hardened, quench hardened.